0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Sometimes when you're duck hunting, plan A works great. But when it doesn't, what do you do then? On this episode, I'm going to talk about a great day of hunting where I employed three different strategies in three different locations to bring home ducks. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunters Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we are talking about different strategies for duck hunting. Really, what do you do when a plan fails? What do you do when you go out with plan A, and plan A just does not work out the way you were thinking it was going to work out? Where do you go from there? Do you just go home? Do you change it up? Do you have a backup plan? Do you have a plan C? And there's several different things that I did on this particular day. Not all of them worked, but three of them paid off. And I want to talk about those details and how those different strategies came to be and how you can put them into practice when you go out and your first plan doesn't work out. So we went out on this day. Um, This is actually a Thanksgiving episode. I was out hunting just a couple days ago and uh, this was the first day of the second season in our area going out for ducks and geese we got to our plan a spot we had scouted this spot been looking at it for months in advance we've seen ducks here we've seen ducks in the air seen ducks on the water it's a we know it's a high traffic area so we did our scouting we did our homework we found the perfect spot where we had good cover and good visibility everything we wanted in a spot, right? Had been working on it for a while. It all came together. We got there at a good time, set up our blind, set up our decoys, got brushed in real good. Everything was looking perfect. And this spot itself was on a big creek and it was a shallow part in the creek. So you could walk all the way across it in waders. So we were able to retrieve birds on foot because we didn't have a dog. And it was actually too shallow for a boat. But it was a good 30, the stream's 30 yards wide here. So we can shoot from shore to shore and pretty much anything that flies over it. To the right side, we have a long stretch of straight stream. So we can see anything coming from a long distance and anything flying in can see our decoys from a long ways off. And our thought is birds coming from the right, we have a reasonable chance of getting them to decoy and come in to try to land around our decoys. To the left, we have a bend in the river. So anything flying down the stream there is going to turn that corner and boom, it's in our lap before it even knows what happens. We figure anything coming from that side, we we want it to see the decoys and have the decoys take its attention as opposed to just looking squarely at us in our blind when they come around the corner so this is a multi-purpose spot multi-strategy spot we've got some a dozen or so mallard decoys in the water in 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 an area and then off to in another area several yards away we've got a small group of canada goose decoys i think we had four out not that we really expected that to pull in and and cause a bunch of geese to decoy but to give them something to look out that way when we're calling They come in and they see geese, as opposed to just scanning until they see us. Same reason you use turkey decoys sometimes, is because that bird's gonna be looking for the source of that call. And if there's not a lot of thick cover around, and he's gotta get real close to find it, then he's just gonna look until he sees you. But if there's a decoy, he'll look until he sees the decoy, and then he's gonna associate the call with the decoy, and the attention is not on you. You're able to wait or move or maneuver or swing your gun to get a good shot. So same kind of thing going on here. So we got set up. Feeling really good about it. Ten minutes or so in after first light. I am i mean, we're looking left and right. We've got a plan. We're looking. And just almost straight ahead of us, there just appears three three birds in the air. Silhouetted against the sky from the angle that we're at. I couldn't tell where they came from i couldn't tell what they were doing and to be honest i'm not even entirely sure what happened in that moment i had to piece it together later and and get some feedback from my buddy chris that was with me on what i actually did but i just went on autopilot i stood swung my shotgun clicked off the safety put a bead on pulled a shot and hit a duck now i actually thought they were geese at the moment because they look so big, but it was because they were so close and silhouetted against the sky. And I pounded off a couple more shots. I know I hit the duck. I even said out loud, I know I hit that duck. And then kind of like a World War II fighter plane, it went you know, a couple seconds and then just started to spiral down in an arc and then hit the water. You know, you could almost imagine leaving just the trail of smoke behind it. So a splash hit that water hard. Boom, got my got my jacket off. Got everything electronic off me. And then boom, I was after it, got that I didn't t- turn out to be a goose. It was actually a mallard drake, green head, basically my favorite thing to shoot. So, you know, we're like, yeah, this this day's off to a great start. It's going to be awesome here in this spot. The plan worked. Those ducks came around the bend in the stream, didn't see us, didn't notice us. Don't know if they looked at the decoys or not, but knocked one down. My buddy never even saw them. He didn't even know they were there. I didn't even see them until I just stood and shot. Like, there was no time to say anything. It was just autopilot. And then we sat there for an hour, two hours, three hours. 9.30, 10 o'clock is rolling around. And nothing. There is nothing there. Nothing happening. Not a duck, not a goose, nothing. So we sat there, we're like, well, this is when most people go home. 10 o'clock, duck hunting's over. Pack up and head home. That was not our thought at all. (laughs) We were like, okay, now time to plan B. Now in some places, guys, let me be clear, you might have to just pack up and go home. Depending on how many hunters are in your area, you don't want to go and mess up somebody else's hunt. You don't want to go and spook birds out of somewhere that you know other people are watching and, and coming in on. You might have to go home. Where we hunt, we were the only duck hunters, in, as best as I could tell, in western Pennsylvania that were out on the water. We didn't hear another shot. We didn't see another car. Anywhere where someone could possibly be trying to hunt a duck. And we were pretty much the only ones out there which is kind of sad, but, you know, there weren't too many ducks moving. So we got out, we drove, packed everything up, changed boots, um, and we head out to another spot where there's some ponds on the edge of some pheasant fields that we've had success at in the past. We get there, there's nothing there. The ponds are actually frozen over. And uh, you could tell any, any duck that might ever spend any time there has been pushed out by the pheasant hunters. So we then took a mile walk uh, deep into, through some country where there's some other ponds that we've had success at in the past as well. So we get back there, we snuck in, you know, that last couple hundred yards, you're trying to be real quiet, keep your head down, stay below the brush, don't want to be seen until you're in position to flush the birds, and uh, we get back there and there is nothing, right? Just nothing. So then we switch gears and start hunting the stream on foot. So now we're not walking along the stream trying to look for and flush birds. I have found that is the harder way to do it. When you walk along the stream, you're at water level or you're close to the water the whole time, which means you're in the spook zone for birds the whole time, and it's a lot harder to get close to a bird and when they flush they always flush away from you they never flush towards you right because they see or hear you coming from that direction so they go the other way especially on a stream so what we did then is we are we're walking along the stream um i don't know 100 yards in in the woods and then it, periodically where we had you know spots that we could move through with cover or quieter then we'd make a a a, be, a straight line perpendicular to the stream not parallel and then come up on the bank of the stream and then be able to peek over the bank of the stream and look down. So we do that, peeking over, nothing. So then what we do is we back out into the woods where where we we can walk parallel to the stream without making any noise that's hearable by the stream. And we go down a while another ways, come up again, perpendicular to the stream, get close to the water's edge, and I spy some wood ducks by a down tree on the other side of the stream. Now they're about 40 yards out, which is maximum range, which is still a little further than I wanna shoot wood ducks. Mallards, okay, geese, no problem. Wood ducks are tiny though. So I'm trying, I wanna get a little bit close. If I get to 35 yards, I feel a lot better about it. So I try to take a couple more steps Closer towards the bank, and uh, a bunch of them flush. Now, in the past, I would have just thrown up my hands, or or just taken, you know, bad shots, so there was no chance to hit the uh, hit the birds. But I have learned all the ducks do not usually flush at the same time. If five ducks flush, there may very well be five more there. If ten flush, there may still be two or three there. If five flush, there could be 20 still there, right? They do not always all flush at the same time. In fact, unless you just, I mean, walk up on them within 10 feet, usually some go and some are like, hmm, I wonder. So I have learned that. So the first bunch flush, and I thought, ah, there's still probably a couple left. So I took a few more steps, got a little closer, and then bam, the second group flushed too. But I was ready for those ones. Gun was already up. I'm walking right with the gun up there and just taking my steps as carefully as I can. They flushed. Boom. Got a shot. Knocked one down. Wood duck in the water. All right. pure Perfect. Beautiful. Uh, I still would have liked to have been a little closer, but you know, the, 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 the perpendicular to the stream strategy, I have found to be the most successful way to hunt a stream on foot okay don't just walk along the bank now when you're when you because when you walk along the bank they flush away from you when you come up on birds perpendicular to the stream they're gonna flush right or left not straight away from you they're gonna flush right or left and you're gonna be able to get decent shots if you're close enough when they flush straight away from you one every second they're getting further OK, so if you come up on a bird at 30 yards and it flushes straight away from you before you can even get your gun up. Now he's 40 yards before you can aim. Now he's at 50 yards. And, and even more than that, when you shoot at birds flying dead away from you, you're shooting at the you've got a smaller cross section of bird and you have less vitals to hit. All right. A lot harder. You're not going to hit the head if the birds flying straight away from you which is the number one fastest and easiest way to knock them down and kill them. You're not going to hit the wings. You're not going to hit the lungs. You're going to hit them in the rear end and in the back. And it may kill them, probably will kill them, but it's not going to kill them fast enough for you to ever find or recover that bird. So it's not good to shoot at birds flying dead away from you. Unless they're super close. I mean, if they're at 20 yards... You're gonna have enough pellets out there to knock them down, probably no matter what. But still, your chances of killing them quickly are better if you can see the head, right? They're either coming towards you or right or left. So when you come up perpendicular to a stream, then and you know you've got water going right and water going left. They're almost always gonna flush along the water. So they're gonna flush right or they're gonna flush left. Now you've got that. You've got that moment where you got to get your gun up and shoulder it. That bird's taken off. He's flown 10 yards, but he's flown 10 yards to the right, so he's not much further away from you yet than he was at the first. So you've got a chance. You've got a reasonable chance of taking him. So that worked out. At that point, it was lunchtime. My buddy had to go, so I went up the sheets which I I guess probably most of you have no idea what a sheets is. It's one of those uh, gas station, MTO food places, got me a meatball hoagie because nothing else was open. Um, Just the crazy times that we live in where restaurants are not open for lunch during the week. But nonetheless, got myself a sub, sat there, ate it. I'm on to the next place, all right? So the next spot I was going to, which is the same stream, just several miles down in another town in another area where there's some good access. So I get in there and there is, there's the main stream and then there are, this stream overflows here quite a bit. And so when it overflows, there are some areas that basically become like um, big ponds in the woods you know, maybe a hundred yards off the stream, you know, muddy, thick, but perfect for ducks. And I, you know, we've had, we've got, have seen ducks and geese or, or have recon and intel on ducks and geese using those. So I get out there, I'm checking the stream, nothing near the stream. And then I'm going over and I'm sneaking up on one of these puddles, which, you know, it's a, it's a, I I would say it's a big pond, not a lake, a big pond. So I'm sneaking up on this pond and I get close and there's nothing there, right? Pond's completely empty. Just this mud pit in the middle of the woods, completely empty. There's water. I mean, there's maybe a foot of water in it, but it's, you know, it's the kind of stuff where, you know, there's only a foot of water, but you go, you sink two or three feet in when you go to walk through it because it's so muddy, but there's nothing there. So I made a classic blunder. And, uh, I thought I was better than this, but I wasn't, I made a classic blunder. I just put my gun down and said, ah, there's nothing here. And then three ducks flushed out of nowhere. They weren't on the water. They must've been in the brush, uh, off to the side, you know, or behind or somewhere nearby. They weren't on the water. They must've been on the ground or in the brush and they flush. And I'm like, you can't be serious. So I get a tack on them, lift up my gun. And I'm tracking. I had what I thought was a good shot. Pull the trigger. What I didn't realize was at the same time I'm swinging the shotgun and the duck's flying from left to right in front of me. He goes right behind a tree. I blow a bunch of bark off the tree. I'm like, oh, blunder. Go to take a second shot, which I had a good had a good shot on. The gun did not load the next round properly. It was jammed going in. So now I had to unjam the next round. Get it into the gun. By that time, I got another shot. They were too far. It was over. And I'm sitting there kicking myself, like, ah, oh, if I had been on guard, if I'd have been ready, if I wouldn't have given up, you know, as as I almost never do. But if I had, if I'd done the right thing, then as soon as those birds flushed, I would have been gun up and and on them immediately before they could have gone any different distance. Wouldn't have shot a tree. And then, you know, maybe it still would have jammed, I guess, for the next shot, but I'm pretty sure I would have knocked one down. So, failure. So, what did I go from there? Well, from there, I started exploring new areas of the stream because I've never been past a certain point here. So, I did some exploring. I, I walked some miles, just seeing what I could see, looking not just for ducks, but looking for pheasant areas, looking for turkey sign, looking for deer sign. Just having a good afternoon in the woods, um, exploring new places, and I came back, went another way, and just went a long ways, place I had never been before, where I had on my map some of those same sort of puddle ponds, you know, off from from overflow ponds from when the, the stream overflows, a long ways off. So, I made a long trek through the woods. Just the shortcut way of doing it. Get down there. Try sneaking around. Well, where I came from, there's so many leaves. So much crunching. So loud. There's no way to sneak up on anything. It was just... It was a bad plan from the beginning. I did set off a a blue heron, which, you know, just made this awful screeching sound as it went. Just, you know loud enough to wake the dead as it flies away alerting everything within a mile that something terrible is around here and then kicked up a bunch of deer some really nice looking deer too but no sign of any ducks or geese or anything in in any of that those ponds so i walked the stream back about a mile and a half because i didn't want to push through the woods again because the brush was really thick and loud saw nothing at this point i'd walked about 10 or 12 miles on the day And it was about 3.30 in the afternoon. I was like, well, all right, I'm going to go home. So I'm getting ready to head out of the woods. And I thought, you know, let me go and check that one spot again. Let me go and check that where I flushed those three ducks out of that pond. Because who knows? Maybe they came back. Maybe some geese came and landed in the two hours while I was gone. So I start sneaking up there. And I'm sneaking. And I'm looking. I start getting close and I realize there are birds in there. There's not just two or three birds in there. There's a a dozen, two dozen, maybe more mallards on that water in that pond. So I don't know if those three came back, but certainly many, many more came back, landed there. They're just splashing and loafing and having a great time. So I'm trying to get in and get close with the direction where I was coming from, the angle of approach. I just couldn't get close enough. To to feel like good about flushing these birds so I'm coming in I, I got I was able to crawl and duck and crouch and get up behind a huge tree stump massive tree like five foot wide tree stump that was only about three feet tall so I was able to get behind this tree stump and raise up behind it and just at that time a mallard hops out of the water and he's sitting on a branch just over the water I'm going to say 40 yards, Um, maybe 35, but certainly within range if he was flying. Now, you guys need to keep in mind, if you're shooting ducks that are standing or on the water, some people call that unsportsmanlike, maybe if you hunt in areas where it's common to take home a limit of a half dozen ducks in a day over the water, flying and decoying, I could see why you could come to that conclusion. You hunt where I hunt, and I have never seen a human being take a limit of ducks, ever. Never even heard of such a thing. You take any shot and every shot you can possibly get. New hunter or not, you do not pass on a a good shot on a duck that's within range. So this bird is there, and of course, you know, adrenaline's pumping now, right? You've been sneaking. You've been crawling along the ground. You're trying not to spook ducks. You know, it is, you're just, your heart's pumping. You know, your vision's not quite blurry yet, but you're just like, you know, it is just game on. You're like, this is, you know, this is crazy. I'm trying to sneak up on a duck, which is not an easy thing to do. So I'm trying to be quiet, trying to be invisible, sneaking up there and I peek over top of that. And just then that bird hops up out of the water. Now a duck on the water is a much smaller target than a duck in the air. Okay, a good chunk of its body and most of its vitals other than the head are under the water, so you know whereas you know at thirty five yards or forty yards, you might be very able to shoot a duck out of the air with the full pattern with that full duck wings extended, vitals you know right in front of you, you know you're shooting up, you're able to hit the lungs, you're able to hit the head, you're able to hit the wings. You might have a great odds and knocking that duck down with a good shot. but when the duck is on the water, uh, you know you only have like a third of the target, okay? So it's a lot harder to hit that bird at the same range. You need to be closer to have enough pattern density to score a headshot. So I felt like I was about close enough. So I pulled the trigger sent a load down and I think I shot a little bit high right not real used to this shooting birds on the water kind of thing um, and he wasn't on the water he was actually standing on the branch so I had the whole duck as a target so I you know wings weren't extended as they would be in the air but I had the whole body so you got two-thirds of the duck you can shoot at versus the full spread if the wings are open and they're flying so I felt like it was a good shot pulled the trigger I think though at the last moment I pulled the shot a little bit high so the duck drops into the water I'm thinking the duck is hit bunch of other, other mallards flush not all of them like three or four of two dozen so I'm like okay well, what just happened I'm looking I see him in the water now just floating there so I'm like alright well I took another shot boom Now a bunch more birds flush. So I'm thinking I got them. So I start walking up slow on this pond, put a couple more shells in the shotgun, walking up slow on this pond, looking, where's he at, where's he at? Meanwhile, other birds are flushing and they're waiting until I get a lot closer. And I'm thinking, I could have just walked up on this pond and these birds wouldn't have flushed until I was within like 20 yards. Uh, I thought they were way more wary than they were at this moment. So kind of kicking myself, but at the same time, I'm passing shot after shot because if this duck is dead, I've got my limit of mallards for the day. You can only take two in Pennsylvania, which is ridiculous. Um, sorry, game commission, but that's ridiculous, you know. But anyway, I'm I'm going in there. I'm like, I can't shoot another one. I think they're all mallards until I confirm this one's not dead. Well, I get right up to the water's edge, ten feet away from where the duck was. There's nothing. There's no duck. There's not even a feather. There's no blood. There's no sign this bird was ever hit. I'm thinking, how could I miss at that range? But, you know, I wasn't shooting the best shells for for the mission. Um, I was shooting shells that were, were better for ducks in the air and for geese. I was using a hybrid load because I thought I'd be shooting at geese in the air so I didn't have the pattern density that I might normally have, but I'm still perplexed, but there's nothing, right? There is no duck. They all flushed there. There's not even a feather. Like there's no sign that this duck was ever hit. So I'm kind of sad. One last bird takes off in the distance and I'm like, man, I just blew an opportunity. I could have, I could have shot, 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 reloaded and shot more, but I'm waiting to make sure. Cause I don't want to shoot you know, be over my limit. So I concluded and confirmed duck is not dead and not down. No sign of a hit. Another bird takes off and I'm like, Oh, that's it. That's the last one. Well, this last one that took off, it's flying away. It curves back around. It swings back around and it goes to fly right over my head all the while gaining altitude and speed towards wherever it really wanted to go. It's, it ran a, a circle pattern. And I'm like, are you serious? So I pulled up on this one, bam, shot, hit the bird. You could see the hit, you could see some feathers, but it was still going, took another shot. This time the bird just crumpled in midair, you know, just folded in midair, and just made an arc and went straight down, hit the ground, heard it. When I finally found the bird, it had landed face first in the mud the only thing left was a wing sticking out of the mud it had just lodged itself so deep it took me a while to find it so pull that bird out i thought it was a mallard hen turned out it was actually a um a black duck which looks a lot like a mallard hen Except instead of those nice iridescent feathers, you just have gray ones. Instead of an orange bill, this one had like a, a darker brownish red bill. Instead of uh, orange feet, it had black feet. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh man, well, I've got a mallard and a black duck. I can I could keep hunting. I could still take another mallard. But nonetheless, that was, that was the end of all the story worth telling for the day. But on that one, I snuck up on a pond of birds. Now I made some errors in that, and I'm not not trying to hide that at all. I really should have gotten closer for the ammo I was using. Uh, you know, I did not have a full choke. I was, I was hunting modified choke with a mixed load that was basically geared towards hunting mallards and geese in the air at close to medium range, right? That's what I was hunting with. So I did not have the best tool to shoot a bird on the water or on the ground at that range. Um, you know, mistake on my part. The irony is I actually had other shells that I could have put in, but I didn't expect that that's what was going to happen. Nonetheless, you know, equipment error on my end. The other error was not getting closer. Now, of course, hindsight's always 2020. I didn't realize I could have gotten a lot closer in those conditions without all the birds spooking. Um, I've had in the past where I couldn't even get as close as I got and they all took flight. So, based on the conditions, you know, I do wish I would have gotten a little closer. You know, another five yards might have made all the difference. You think, George, what can five yards do in a shotgun pattern? Five yards can do a lot in a shotgun pattern, guys. I have tested all kinds of shells. And I have found that some shells, some loads at 35 yards are devastating. At 40 yards are marginal. When you're hunting birds, when you're hunting anything with with shot, five yards really can make a significant difference. You know, the difference between 25 and 30 yards, not as big of a deal. But the difference between 35 and 40 or 30 and 35, those five yards really can make the difference between enough pattern density to guarantee a kill or a clean kill and missing the bird or or just a wounding shot. So I encourage you always test your gun, test your loads, test your ranges, test your choke. Know how far you can shoot with confidence and... um I wish I would have gotten a little closer and then I still I had a bad shot. I had a bad shot. I think I pulled it a little bit too high. But nonetheless, that's what happened. But then I got in and on the flush was able to knock that bird down out of the sky. So what were the three strategies in recap? Number 1, setting up in a blind with decoys. In my case, it was on a stream, but that could be on a lake, a pond, anywhere where you identified the ducks are going to come to, or fly by, or fly over, or there's going to be some traffic. And that strategy worked out. Strategy number two, hunting streams, making perpendicular ventures to the water's edge every hundred yards or so. You know, you can see pretty far down a stream in either direction, right? In sometimes you can see a mile, but you can't see ducks a mile away on the water or especially if they're at the water's edge, especially if they're little ducks like wood ducks, you really can't even see those more than a hundred yards away, uh, you know, under many conditions. Maybe sometimes you can, but if they're nestled around or floating around some downed trees or branches or anything where there's some cover, you're not going to see them. You're really not going to see them until you're a lot closer. In fact, my buddy said, well, you know, we could see a mile down the river and there's, there's not any birds on the river. To which I responded in real time, yeah, but these ducks are small. You can't see them from that far away. Okay, maybe if they're in the middle of the river and the light hits them, but they're rarely in the middle of the river. They're along the edges. So we walked out. I was like, okay, I'm going to poke in here. He said, all right, I'm going to go and go to the restroom well, you go ahead and poke into the woods. And that's when I walked up on some birds and was able to knock one down. So, you know, hunting, making perpendicular ventures to the water, and then if there's nothing there, you back out. You don't walk along the stream, you back out. You get far enough back where you can walk quietly without being heard from the water's edge, and then you make more stealthy ventures up to water's edge. Third strategy... Stocking in on a pond or a lake or some body of water to flush birds or in my case take bad shots at them while they're on the water um, but nonetheless you're trying to be quiet you're trying to be sneaky you're trying to get close enough to where you can get a nice 30 yard shot on a flushing bird ideally not 30 yards on a bird on the water you want to get even closer than that which is hard But if you can get 25 or 20 yards away that when they flush, you've got a good 30 yard shot, that's what you're going for. So sneaking in on birds on a pond. Now here's the difference. The big difference with that is, you know, if ducks are just sitting there and they're just lounging and they're just staring into the nothingness and not doing anything, they're much harder to sneak up on. If they are playing and splashing and chasing each other around, they're making noise that's going to cover your noise. They're engaged. They're doing something. You can get closer. And that's where I made the tactical error. If they were just sitting there on guard at noon, just staring into the distance in perfect quietness, you know, and they see or hear a little ruffle, they could be gone. They can just take flight and they're gone. But if you're coming in when they are playing and splashing and having a good time, they're occupied, you've got some cover noise, you can get a little closer, usually, not always, but usually you can get a little closer without spooking them or before you spook them. So you gotta keep that in mind. I should have known better. I've I, I've been in those kind of situations before. But guys, the adrenaline starts pumping you just walk 28,000 steps according to Fitbit you're you're tired, you're worn out and then all of a sudden you got this surge of adrenaline your hands shaking you're you're breathing heavy you're trying to get trying to get close without making any sounds or being seen and in this case, I did not make the best series of decisions. I ended up getting a bird just because of uh it was just it was luck really that that bird flushed the way that it flushed but i i had passed or i'd failed other opportunities before i got that one so i really should have left the woods with more birds or sooner with a limit of birds than when i did but that's why it's called hunting it's not called just going and taking birds out of the woods it's hunting you're you're pursuing them they don't want to be shot they they've got all of the you're in their turf you're on their habitat so Before I go or finish this episode, I also want to point something out to you guys. You know, I was out the whole day, right? Whole day hunting. I ended up shooting 10 rounds that day in total. You know, between all the misses and the three ducks that I hit, ended up shooting 10 rounds. And normally, under normal conditions, that would be devastating to me in my ears. It would just, oh man, you just get so worn out by all that noise. But I was hunting all day from dawn until dark with my tetras. Had them in my ears. I could hear everything. I could hear the birds flush. I could hear the wings. Every time I lifted up my gun and took a shot, it was just like, it was like a BB gun is how loud my gun sounded. But I can hear them quacking. I can hear their wings flapping. I can hear everything that's going on in the woods. You forget that you're even wearing them. Guys, you gotta wear hearing protection. Tetra's not sponsoring this episode, but it's just that important. You know, especially you go out with a couple guys, you're all sitting in the blind, you all go through 10 shells, you got 30, 40, 50 shots all happening right around you. That can just completely burn out your ears. That can take chunks out of your hearing permanently. You gotta wear hearing protection at every possible opportunity. So you know that that really made the day a lot better for me. And I didn't have to think, oh man, because I've had the thought in the past, do I really wanna take this shot? Because I'm gonna just shock myself with how loud this thing is every time I pull the trigger. And I've hesitated and not taken shots in the past because of that. But now that's been completely removed from the equation, I can more calmly and more strategically take shots without having to worry about that. So I really encourage you guys, get hearing protection. You know, if if you if you can't afford Tetras, get something else. Get whatever you can. If you can only afford 50 cents foam earplugs, take them with you, put them in at the right time, take them out when you don't need them. Do what you can do, but I do know this and uh, I've mentioned it I think a long time ago is that Tetras can be bought with HSA funds, health saving account. So if your employer or however you're set up, you've got an HSA, end of the year's coming up, often they'll even go on sale. They'll go on sale and you can buy them with HSA funds, which depending on your plan, sometimes those funds roll over. Sometimes if they're not used by the end of the year, you lose them, but you can buy those basically for free, which I wish I would've known years ago. Well, actually they didn't exist that many years ago. But we used to have an HSA and I would have bought another pair of them every year and just given them to somebody else because we had all this money. And you're like, how much contact solution can you possibly buy? Where are we going to put these pallets of contact solution? Because you got to use this money up. How many band-aids can we stock up on? You know, you got this HSA money and for us it was use it or lose it every year. So I wish I would have known about that or that would have been an option back then. But Just wanted to encourage you guys along those lines. It really made the difference for me on a great day versus a day just coming back with my ears ringing and then who knows what the long-term damage could have been. So make sure you head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out the show notes, lots of other episodes on duck hunting. Check out the categories page. I've got everything in order by category, type, time, and all of that kind of stuff. And then please head to iTunes, leave a five-star review with a comment, not because I need you to, but because it's the number one way to help grow the show, to reach more people, and to affect the the podcast algorithm. Really appreciate you guys. Till next time, God bless you, and go get them in the woods.